everyone, welcome to Vegan Fam in Cowtown. I'm really excited to share with you today some tips about how to find vegan babysitting and daycare and how to talk about vegan issues with babysitters and with daycare centers. If you're somebody who has one of those awesome situations where your center understands veganism and likes veganism or your babysitter is vegan and you want to promote it, email me at veganfamincowtown at gmail.com or DM me at veganfamincowtown Facebook page or at fam underscore vegan Instagram or on Twitter because I would love to share those places with listeners and maybe we could all benefit. But for those of you who don't have a totally vegan situation, and that's me here in Cowtown, uh, let's talk about how to find the right fit for your for your vegan fam. We want the same things that everybody wants, right? We want a place where our kid wants to go, where our kid learns and grows and is loved. But we have this extra layer of veganism that's super important to us. And I'm going to give you five takeaways today about vegan babysitting and daycare. Number one, do you want vegan diet out of your daycare or do you want vegan lifestyle or both? So if you just want a vegan diet, it might be a little easier, especially if you bring your own food. But if you want a vegan lifestyle, that gets a little bit harder because it talks about animals in the classroom, maybe fishing toys, books that engage about zoos and different topics. So how do you manage this? So number two is you've decided if you want diet or diet and lifestyle, and now you need to go out and find a place that's a fit. For us, it was a matter of seeing who would work with us. There wasn't anybody that was already vegan and totally got it, but we went out there and said upfront, you know, like we're vegan. Have you ever had that before? And if they said yes, we'd ask how they dealt with it. If they said no, we would say, how do you feel about it? Anyone who says, wasn't that harmful to your kid? Or no, we really don't do that here. You want to move on, if at all possible, move on. Because you want to have people who are open to hearing from you and learning what your family needs. You want people who are attentive to your kid, not questioning them in harsher ways. So it could be a fight if you pick somewhere that doesn't seem open to it. Avoid a fight. We've got plenty of fights in our lives. We don't need this to be one of them. So look for a place that's excited to work with you that says, sure, what is that? What's this ingredient? How do we accommodate your kid? That is a perfect, perfect situation. Number three, learn from my mistake. I made the mistake and my husband made the mistake of not explaining the vegan lifestyle part up front. Now, we decided we wanted both vegan diet and vegan lifestyle. And we assumed that other people knew what that meant. And that was a very bad idea because people don't get that. Like, why would they? They don't live my life. I need to explain that. Here's a story. My first babysitter for my kid, my oldest, when he was two, okay, uh, or until he was two, I'm sorry, she was wonderful. She totally got the diet part. She kept snacks for him, even though we gave snacks and she was wonderful. She had car seats to take the kids around and go places because she only had two or three at a time. One day we get this uh, text message of our kid petting a goat and we're like, huh, our kid's petting a goat. And we're at work like, where is he petting a goat? We zoom in, we figure out that our babysitter has taken our kid to the zoo, which is like surprising because we're not doing that. You know, we're vegans not taking our kids to the zoo, so we never really imagined it going down that way. So we had to step back and say, hmm, okay, our kid's 10 months old. He's not getting like that. He, we're not normalizing the zoo. He's just having a sensory experience here. And how in the world would we expect our babysitter to know that? Why should we have expected her to know that? The zoo is this 
completely entrenched thing here in Columbus. Like people get married there and there are concerts and camps and it's like this hub of a community where people go for Christmas. It is, uh, I should have known, right? Like people don't think about it. They're like the zoo, of course, we'll go every other day. So when we picked up Owen, I just said, you know, we're vegan and part of that is we don't go to the zoo. It's, it's a little bit beyond a diet. And she was apologetic, but we said, you know what, don't worry about it whatsoever. It looks like he had a lot of fun petting that goat. It's just not something we want repeated. And thanks, you know, for understanding. And whether or not she did, it really seemed, it seemed positive. Like, it seemed like we had open communication and that it was a good situation. And when he got turned to and moved to a daycare center, we had a, there was an annual event that they host. And it's a petting zoo because right next to the daycare, and I'm not kidding, like this is Cowtown. This is the Ohio State University, not some small, discreet ag, like, ag place out in rural America, okay? This is in the middle of Columbus, Ohio. There's an ag frat, and they bring a petting zoo to the daycare every year because they're nearby, and they're like, oh, kids, they love animals. We love animals. Let's bring them in, okay? Not cool for us because those animals are exploited by, those, um, by that frat, by the people in the frat. It's perhaps a 4-H experience or an agricultural experience where the animals don't go to sanctuary and live out the rest of their lives. I guess I'm not certain, but I'm, it would make sense if they were slaughtered and used agriculturally. It's an ag frat. They even have an ag frat house. So we're not out in the middle of farms here, but we still had this experience. So after the first year, we're like, hey, <laughs> we don't really do that. That's not really something we want to do. Our kid was still little enough that he didn't really understand what was going on. And I took him in the future for days to do an alternative activity. And maybe you wouldn't have that luxury, but you could negotiate a different experience maybe for your kid. And actually, one year as he got older, he wanted to see it. He wanted to do it. And I just made sure that when he got home, I asked him tons of questions about the conditions of the animals, were the babies with their mamas, and we had a debrief so that he understood. He didn't just think like, I'm petting animals, that we asked questions that were about the animals and that had the animals' best interests in mind. So number three, be as upfront as possible after you select your daycare provider or your babysitter. Be so upfront about it. Like we don't do fishing toys. We would prefer not to have zoo books. And as often as they can, they'll accommodate if they're those people that you chose correctly in number two. They're actually super cool about it. Which brings me to number four. Number four is prep, 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 prep. Okay, I say it a lot because it matters a lot. I used to do this insane thing where every time there'd be a birthday, I would ask the parent like, oh, what are you bringing in? Or are you going to have white icing or chocolate icing? And what kind of cake and blah, blah, blah. Because I matched. I went home that night and matched as close as I could to what the other kids were having. That lasted not long at all because even though I love to bake and it's my favorite thing to do, it was way too much. So what I did from there is I made big batches of stuff my kids really like and I put them in the freezer at my house and I put some in the freezer at daycare so that something my kids loved was always there. They were happy with that. They didn't need an exact match. Especially my older son doesn't mind standing out a bit. He had a reason to talk about it and a reason to talk about veganism. So the freezer is your friend. The other thing that's your friend is the shelf-stable milk. You know, not in the refrigerator section where you get your soy, oat, almond, coconut, whatever it is that you like. Go to the section that's not in the refrigerator where it's aseptic packaging that will last months. 
because you only want to have to carry that stuff to daycare if, if you need to provide it once a month. I used to do it once a week. I much prefer once a month because in the winter, especially, you got to remember hats and gloves and extra outfits and maybe the diapers and the wipes and the pillow and the lovey. So if you don't have to carry milks every day, don't. Let the shelf-stable products be your friends. Maybe you you don't even want to bake and freeze things because that's just not in your lifestyle and you're not a baker. Well, go buy the shelf-stable vegan cookies and the shelf-stable things that are in packages and take those into daycare and put them in an office somewhere so that every time there's a birthday or every time there's a treat, your kid will have something, right? Because we're busy people. We got a lot to carry around. And, you know, if we can make it more convenient, fantastic. Number five, I was weaving throughout this whole time, which is education, negotiation, repeat. We had this lofty idea as young vegans that our kid would have a totally 100% vegan experience. Well, that was really, really dumb of us and it didn't work out. And I'm glad it didn't work out because I think we've done better at community and family education this way. Not being 100% vegan, it's an impossible goal. Like our kid went to the zoo. People read our kids' non-vegan books. Other little kids want to give their goldfish cracker to my toddler and I just let him say thank you and eat the cracker. You know, not a ton of them. I don't want any kind of like bad GI stuff. Education, negotiation, repeat. When something gets screwed up, just talk about it. You know, talk about it with these people that you chose who are open to talking about it and that is the best you can do. I wanna share a story with you because it's super cute. When Owen, who's now my oldest, when he was uh, three, like just turned three, they had a hearing test at daycare and the daycare people were so delighted to tell me this story at the end of the day. The hearing test woman would say phrases and say, okay, repeat mm -hmm. after me. So she got Owen and she said, repeat after me, I eat fish. And he said, no, I don't eat fish. Fish are creatures. Well, at least he heard her, which is what they were testing. But the funny thing about that is... Um, the daycare providers were delighted by that story. They weren't like horrified that he was insubordinate and they didn't come tell me like it was a problem. They were like, your kid is so amazing. And that's how you want your daycare providers or your babysitters to view your, fam your, your family members, your kids, to be delighted by them, to, to really get those moments and to share in the hilarity and the joy and all that cool stuff that comes from your kids being your kids. So those are my five things, the ways that I, that my husband and I, like he was super involved to keep saying, I, 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 if he ever listens to this, he'll be mad. It was we, 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 okay. Um, it, these are the ways we chose daycares and the way we negotiate that whole situation. I'm home now, so they go a lot less. I don't work anymore. But when I did, that's how we did it. And when they go to daycare, that's how we do it. Okay, disclaimer time. If your babysitter is a family member, like a grandparent, nothing I just said applies to you. Nothing at all. If you made something of this, fantastic. But family is this whole other thing. And we're gonna tackle family and veganism, like family members who aren't supportive, that is. We're gonna tackle that when we get closer to the holidays because that is a super relevant topic to Thanksgiving and um, winter holidays, okay? so. Sorry if you listen to this whole thing and you're like, oh, I can apply this to grandma. No, no, you can't because if grandma's not supportive, it's like a whole separate thing. 
Anyway, otherwise, with vegan babysitting and daycare, this is what I've done. If you want to share with me what you've done, please go to social media and my email, veganfamincowtown at gmail.com, and, and let me know. And I will do my absolute best to respond to you and to, to make it a dialogue and to have your suggestions in the pod. Also, tune into the interviews that are about people who were who became vegan when they were young and hear about the special people in their lives, including babysitters and daycare providers who helped them along in their journeys, because that'll give you further insight into what you're looking for in childcare that's a fit for your vegan fam. Last thing I wanna mention before we go today and wrap is look for some cool programs that aren't necessarily vegan, but that are definitely like on the vegan vibe. Like our daycare for our kids has a therapy animal program where these puppies need training being around kids for their therapy goals. So the kids get to socialize uh, puppies and they think it's wonderful because it is. And maybe there's some other vegan type things that uh, daycares could do. Like ours is also doing a thing with bees, like a whole bee unit because they accidentally had bees on their outdoor classroom. Oh, and did I mention their outdoor classroom is certified nature outdoor classroom. So they're really into things that we're into, even though they're not explicitly vegan. So those are signals that those might be more open-minded people that might work with you a little bit better. So that's a wrap. Tune in to our next podcast. We're living life to the power of V. This is the end of our show and goodbye. <laughs>